when it comes to like a question came up at a recent event that I was at uh, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion symposium. And the final speaker was kind of giving their keynote and a final thought, a parting thought that they gave in a, uh, as a response to one of the questions that was asked was that we need to, as diversity, inclusion, and equity, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, uh, ambassadors or champions for the effort uh, inside of our organizations or um, or external to those organizations, if you're pushing that envelope on the discussion, one of the things that's going to it's going to fuel that or that you need to have is the data. You need to have data to support your position on why you are championing the DEI effort. That's the acronym for diversity inclusion. I mean, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so if you're pushing that envelope or championing that effort, um, then you need to also um, have the data to show, state the business case as for why this is necessary uh, for corporations to embark upon or to enfold into their corporate policies and structure and culture, uh, etc. And the question I had immediately upon hearing that was, why do we have to um, present the data on this is one of the experts saying that you need to present the data and state the position as for why a company should do this, and I and I I didn't I didn't gel with that, and it kind of just turned me off to the whole conversation. Not to, turned off to the conversation, uh, not turned off to the conversation. That's the wrong way to say that. Um, I, I I just started to tune out what was being said because it's. If you if you're in the conversation long enough, the DEI conversation long enough, you will start to hear um, regurgitated the same talking points, the same information, the same data from the experts, uh, the same solutions from the experts, the same suggestions from the experts, and everybody's saying the same thing. You're just sitting on different panels saying the same thing, which to me doesn't answer the question, um, but it does say that if, if, if presenting the data is the, is, the, is the way that you want one way or primary way that you push the envelope on this discussion, then if the data has been presented, why are we still having the same discussions? over and over and over again? Obviously, the data that's being presented isn't compelling enough, or is it? And does it all, And if it is, then what is the reason that we don't see the systemic change immediately uh, in this in this space? We see efforts being done. We, when I say immediately, people will say, "Well, we've built programs. We put people in place. We've got a culture and a structure that we're trying to build. It's going to take a little while to get this done. It doesn't change overnight." Uh, and and I get that. But my, what I'm also saying is that it's extremely exhausting to have to continuously present data, 
present data, present data, more data. Well, give me a little more information. Okay, it doesn't line up with our business. How does this make business sense? How does this equate to our bottom line? Where's your, where's your financial prospectus and your waterfall analysis and your financial spreadsheets to show why investing in here? Show me the time value of money and if, show me the net present value of your money and what we spend today and what's the future value if, if we don't spend this today on the these efforts. Show me a forecast. Show me, um, show me um, the financial data spread out, and and art and be able to articulate that in a way that shows me the return on my investment when I make this investment, or if I make this divestment investment. And I'm saying. Why is any of that necessary when the DEI conversation is and the need to do it is as inherent as knowing that when you go outside in the winter and it's cold, you need a coat. You don't have to have data to say that. You don't even have to have the weatherman to say that and show you the data and the forecast and the cold front and the precipitation uh, chances and all the other scientific data to support the fact that it's cold outside and you need a coat on and you just inherently go and you find a way for your body to stay warm while you bear the weather elements that are out there ahead of you. And I'm saying that the reason why that's probably more inherent is because you've lived in that body, okay? And your body has homeostasis. It has a level. It has, it has a state in which things feel normal to it. And when things don't feel normal to it, then the body will let you know Hey, I'm cold. You start shivering. Your nose starts running. You, you know, you, you, all the other things, you start tightening up in your muscles because you, you're cold. And so your body is telling you, hey, I'm not in a state of homeostasis and I need for you, human, to do something about that. Here's what I'm, I'm going to give you the signals and the indicators that something needs to change. And if that something doesn't change, then I'm going to have to take the I'm going to have to take measures upon my own self in order to fix this situation. Okay, so when you get the signal as a normal individual, you will get the signal, and then you will say, "Oh, I'm cold." Not then. This isn't a, 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 the, the practical way, and this actually happens. It's not like you go outside and you got to wait for your body to tell you that it's cold. Your body—it's an instantaneous thing. You know, then you step outside and say, "Whoa, it's cold out here." Hold up. Let me go back inside and get me a jacket or something to put on my arms, put around my neck, put a hat on my head. All the different things you do to try to retain heat, and you do it. In order to bring the body back into homeostasis or to bring the body back into a natural element or a natural state of being or better yet, more aptly to stay with the theme, it's the normal state. I need to make sure my body temperature is at this level. If it's not, then I'm cold. If it's above that, then I'm hot. And you find ways to try to cool off, whether that's taking off articles of clothing, whether it's drinking a... A, a, a cold cup of lemonade, it, uh, putting water on yourself, taking a dip in the pool, whatever it is, you're trying to find a way to reach the equilibrium point in your body so, so, that, so that you begin to feel normal again. And I'm saying this DEI conversation 
is not necessary if normal people are thinking about this and they're not shunning off the obvious. We don't have to alert you to the obvious because it's obvious. Now, what's happening is because 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 it hasn't been obvious to you and you haven't taken taken the necessary measures in order to um, address the challenges that are that are surfaced. Now, other measures are being taken. There's people speaking out groups stepping up. There's protests and demonstrations going forward. There's people championing efforts inside of organizations. And, and all those different efforts are, are working towards highlighting the fact that what's no, what should be normal doesn't seem normal for you. So we got to cajole you into action. We've got to we've got to jar you into moving. We've got to wake up your senses so that you can see there's something wrong here. And then if the return to that normal to that normal um, way of being is you say to us, well, you need to present more data, then we've got a big problem and presenting more data isn't going to address that problem. That there's a bigger issue at hand, and I think that bigger issue really comes down to financial security, because the business sense that ones are trying to say that these things—the reason why you have to paint this picture for them so they can get a return on their investment—is because the, the the threat of entering into this space is so countercultural that you could affect my bottom line. And if you affect my bottom line, then you're going to affect my personal, my personal way of living. This starts to get into things like wage disparity. Why is it that top level leaders are getting paid in exorbitant amounts of money and they're not doing the work that the that that the that the lower that the people that are lower on the subordinate chain are actually facilitated with doing? Thinking through and strategizing how to do something, operationalizing a vision that the person at the top making all the money has cast and then sits back and has all the minions, if you will, execute the vision in which they don't receive in commensurate um, equity um, the, what's, what's due them. As, an, as the individuals who engaged and built this thing and made it work or enhanced the vision and took it to even newer dimensions that even the visionary didn't even see, why is it that, that we have these wage disparities? And I think in addressing that, and of course, because that comes down to a fellow, that comes down to a care for the fellow human being that's on your left and your right from a horizontal perspective. And so if we think about an org chart from a horizontal perspective and not a vertical perspective, then we have a different outlook. We have a different a, a, a term that a young man I was speaking with earlier uh, was using in his line of work, which is empathy, because in, in with an empathetic heart and a connection, which is really at a human love connection type level, <clears throat> um, then you've got individuals uh, when they operate just from a pure love motive, there's things that are inherent in that that you do because it's the loving thing to do. 
Love then speaks to fairness. It then speaks to equity. It then speaks to inclusion. It speaks to all those different things that you don't have to have a diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation, division, chief leaders and officers, <clears throat> policies on the books. If you're operating from a perspective of love from the very beginning, if the culture is built on love, then equity is, is a byproduct of it. You don't have to fabricate that. Then you don't have to fashion that. And that's probably why it doesn't feel normal to some people or it feels forced when you start to have these DEI conversations or equity conversations or fairness conversations or racial reconciliation type conversations or critical race theory types conversations. The reason why these things are uncomfortable for people is because at the core, there's something wrong with the love ticker. This is a heart level issue. Diversity, equity, inclusion is, is the fruit of a symptom that's, that's impacting hearts and humanity and people. People are not loving people the way they should be loving them. They're judging them and setting them aside or marginalizing them because of these different disparities or different disparities is not the term, the different, uh, the different divisions or the technical differences that, that, that naturally coexist anyway. It's in the world. You've got, you've got many different species of trees and plant life and animal life and, and human beings. All this stuff coexists together. So then, so that's the natural state. That's homeostasis. We're supposed to live together. But what happens is because of the differences and the ways in which people have tried to fabricate their lives to build to their comfort and which, which, which allows for them to live the way they would like to live and not live the way you should be living is I can then I can then put up fences and I can put up walls. I can set up policies and things that prevent you. Or I can set up things in a way that causes for you to be not included. Uh, but I didn't expressly say that. I just priced you out of the market. I put, I set the price so high that you couldn't attain it. And I know you can't attain it. And so I set the price at that level and not, so I'm, so I'm looked at as not being non-inclusive. It's just, here's the price it costs for me for you to play in this space with uh, along with me and the others who play in this space and that is not an operation of love that's not an operate that's not an operation of equity that is an operation of division and exclusivity and there's markets built up around that that proliferated and caused for it to continue to uh to continue to progenerate, uh, to, to progress, uh, and, and to move forward. So all of that is to say, I don't need to present additional data. There, there, there is a natural homeostasis, this human homeostasis that you, that you interact in, uh, and, and that, that is normal to life. And that's what we should be going after and pursuing, uh, as individuals. And we would need the conversations like I was at today, which is diversity, inclusion, and equity conversation, we would need those things if these things, uh, if people are operating from their natural perspective or the natural homeostasis level of the world, which is just loving people. That's what we have to do. Human homeostasis uh, in our world uh, is the way that we could tackle this problem.